This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. What's happening, Power Athlete Nation? Welcome to episode 73 of Power Athlete Radio, the only strength and conditioning podcast capable of dropping massive knowledge bombs. And not getting arrested. (laughs) Bad jokes. What? And the occasional movie quote from movies that you'll never watch. Whammy. (laughs) Big time, right? This is Denny. Today I'm with Luke, Callie, and Tex, and Playtech joined us. We're getting ready to kick some ass. How you guys doing over there? Hot. 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 I'm pretty cool. I feel nice. It's so hot. We have ice packs on our head. No, I dropped that. Mine's on my back. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's pretty hot over here. It's like at what's 80 degrees with, outside. Uh, what's the deal with no air conditioner in California? It gets hot out there. We didn't know that though. Nobody knows that. We're in like this weird heat wave and yeah, it's true. Nobody in this industrial center really has air conditioning. So no one's prepared to really be losing this much uh, uh, water weight every day. (laughs) California doesn't have air conditioners or basements. So here's the deal. Uh, If like, if you had the doors open and a fan blowing, it's fine. But our fan is so loud. Right. Uh, I'm guaranteed we would get like a what's that noise in the background? I mean, there's already enough noise in the and riffraff in yeah. this complex as it is. Yeah. UPS doing wheelies in front of our our <laughs> freaking every ten minutes. Yeah, in front of our shop every ten minutes. It's, you know, so we we just we're doing it because of the noise. But there is those fans that are supposed to be silent. We should just get those. Wait, are we talking about fans or are we talking about fans? Yeah. Like actual fans or fans of the show? Both. <laughs> I think we only have uh, one type, right? Like fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, silent fans. We only have one. Well, fan. after the after the Kyle Turley podcast, we gained about two two listeners. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. How did you hear that one, Steve? Yeah. Dude, Dude it was how awesome. fucking cool. Was that? I was on it for a little bit, but then I had to check out. Yeah, it was it was pretty balling. I mean, dude didn't fail to deliver anything right off the bat. Just starts choke, talking about choking coaches. And- Coach, yeah, um, he was he was very candid. Uh, he he held nothing back. I appreciate that. And he was he was a uh, he was a man of the world. So he he was very open to discussing uh, some controversial issues, things that we might find a, just a scotch taboo for our show. <laughs> so, and that's that's actually saying a lot. So. That was good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's freaking highlight the Power Athlete Team Series. <clears throat> what were yeah. some of the things, Callie? You, first of all, the pictures were great. And I yeah. have to say that that you were looking jacked. Probably. Oh, it's the lighting. Is yeah. it the lighting? I mean, did you stop conditioning or what? Chad, Chad Hamilton uses a lot of filters, so. Yeah, and, and she did stop conditioning. She's only shampooing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. That's yeah. a good joke. I'm pretty proud of that one. I'm Simultaneously out. bulking and leaning at all times. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, no, the, the the event went awesome. Um, you know, we went off in four cities, so we had a pretty busy weekend. All of us were out at various locations. And, yeah, I mean, like, there's really nothing better than seeing people PR and just people hugging and uh, teamwork, camaraderie. camaraderie. That's, that's what we do it all for, people helping people. You and know? Uh, for at least for us at the Naperville event, there was one team there. Uh, Denny, can you shut your microphone off so you get the <laughs> Sorry, I'm sitting on the boat right now in the swamp duck hunting. <laughs> but we had one team that uh, they had net, they just, it was three, or I'm sorry, four individuals who had, all went to, to the gym at different class times and had never met each other. And the first time they met was the day before to plan for the workouts and how they were going to do it. And then uh, it was also all their first competition ever. Holy smokes. So it was like this weird, uh, like first experience for everybody. And they were, they were strangers. And like at the end of the competition, they, they were like best friends, you know, jumping and hugging and, and clamoring along as they set PRs. And, uh, one of the girls never had never done a thruster heavier than 65 pounds Whoa. and tried doing a 105 pound thruster, couldn't do it. And then she smashed her, her five. Like got through her five yeah. and they moved on, and uh, it was a battle for her. So did you get goosebumps watching that? It was cool. It was it was it was really cool, and it was like uh, it reminded me of uh, Jay Welly's story about uh, his teammate with Dwight Freeney. Like before they got going, they're like, "You can do 105 pound thrusters, can't you? Like they're just a lift." And uh, and they got through it, but they were you know they struggled they struggled at it being new to that type of thing and uh, uh, yeah I mean there were definitely that's that's the good thing about the team series is like anyone can do it and I will say though that Oklahoma uh, there weren't any girls struggling with the 105 pound thruster yeah. they were like there were straight beasts there there were uh, there there was a girl who uh, did a 445 deadlift and then went for 500 and I was like first of all a 55 pound jump is not anything that I would do in my normal <laughs> it's a little aggressive <laughs> but she had pulled 500 before uh, so anyway she she ended up uh, with a solid 445 and then there was another chick who is not what they would consider a bench press specialist in fact like she she pulls her deadlifts are over 400 but just in terms of how to strategize for the team series they put her on bench and she ended up benching like 205 um <laughs> and you know just like uh, amazing stuff from definitely like the girls they didn't struggle with the competition at all and then obviously like guys um we had we had easily the the average uh vertical jump was for like the guys who were lifting heavy uh was 35 inches which is pretty pretty legit so yeah, we, we, we had a, a vertical jump off. It was pretty cool. So we had three guys who pretty powerful squats, and then they were grouped together in that heat, and it was basically uh, 35, 35 and a half, 36, 36, 36 and a half, 37. And the tops, I think it was CrossFit Zero Gravity, hit at 38. So they were just one-upping each other left and right. It was pretty epic. Did those guys, um, do you know what programs they were following? Were they doing uh, field strong and getting on the cat cycle? Uh, I'm not sure. I should have checked in. I know CrossFit Zero Gravity, they, they, uh, their coaches are field strong program. So, uh, and then on, on our side, on some of the highlights in terms of uh, Carl Case was one of the competitors there and uh, one of his training partners and guys at his gym, Aaron Bell. 
uh, Abel is like a long time, long time legend on the football site, and he put up 615 pounds, like uh, like it was nothing. I mean, Denny, you you saw it. It was it was yeah, pretty. Yeah, he had more in the tank. He uh, definitely had more in the tank on that one. But it was um, fast. one thing it about came, like the bar whipped like six inches off the top of the shoulders. Yeah, dude. And uh, Carl is like, do you remember he whether he's like six or eight months off of knee surgery? And, I thought uh, he said like eight months. Yeah, so he and he had been doing the had been religiously bond field strong and and based off of his training max, uh, he said he hadn't had much more than like three hundred pounds on his back, three hundred five, uh, because he'd been working on speed and speed on the hole and uh, and improving his amortization phase and all this. You know, he he realized that he's got to put some weight on his back and he did some walkouts that like that Hatfield had talked about and uh, did some heavy squats leading up to it. But he was, uh, he was pretty pleased that eight months out of surgery, he's like 10 pounds off of his uh, personal best. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was a big, a big success story for him. Uh, but it was, it was a great event. Like you said, PRs, high fives, awesome music. Uh, and and just some people, you know, batons getting dropped. Ah, oh, you know, like really? foot races. Oh, didn't happen. Foot yeah. races at the, the final that turn. Awesome. Like, uh, so the, it, exciting events for sure to watch and uh, just good times all around in the Midwest. The Kalsu workout was fucking cool, man. Yeah, I like we, how you guys cool. put that one together. Now, Kyla, did you uh, did you have enough space, or you guys had to have enough space yeah. to move to roll every rep, uh, twenty reps? Yeah. So what we did before the final event is we took the t- the the lower four teams and then the next four teams, et cetera, and we we basically ranked them and had the top four teams go against each other for the final heat. And um, the way we had it set up was that we had the whole team after twenty reps were completed, they would roll the the plates up, they roll their bars up into the next uh, square. And so you could kind of see, and it built, built a sense of, um, you know, competitiveness because without really knowing what rep each other's teams are on, you, you weren't really sure where mm-hmm. they were at. So you can see teams advancing and then other teams looking at those teams and then really starting to like, you know, kick it into gear. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome. And so we had in that last heat, we had like three teams within like, several reps of each other just because of they could kind of see where each other was at so that was the, the intensity was for sure high and uh you know the single leg bar over burpees were amazing some people were had clearly practiced them and then some people were just destroyed like some people just really really struggled with either balance or um just power off of that one leg so it was it was cool to watch yeah, I think that was that was a great climax to kind of end on because the teams, uh, they they were scared at first whether it was the one the one foot burpees or the one fifty five weight, and then everyone just busted their ass, and then it all ended with kind of hugs. No matter where they finished, it was that kind of peak where they all finally came together and closed out as a team. Yeah, it was a great way to it, the, the layout of the workouts and the progression of the day. I think was. Uh, you know, well thought out on Kelly's part. It, it ended quite well, on a, definitely on a high note. Another, uh, another thing I noticed um, as far as like team teams working together was on the CrossFit football total. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of the teams that I like Carl's team, um, they really like, they knew what they were doing. They all moved. They, everything was like synchronized. It was pre-planned and it was like, they each took a turn at the lift and which gave everybody else kind of enough rest in between 
for their second and third attempts. And then there would be another team, say, where they would like knock out one, you know, the power clean guy would get all three of his attempts in and then they would move to the squad. And then they kind of went like that. And I felt that that was a weakness, um, you know, but I mean, they tried their best and, and hung in there, but it was interesting to see uh, like the team unit or teams working together yeah. and the strategy of it all. I, I like that. That was pretty, I, that was good. I really, I thought that was, uh, I was surprised at like how much I, how, how interesting it was to watch because, you know, in the past with Occupy Strength and when our past, our past team series, it's like, we usually just have all the power cleaners are going at one time, all the back squatters. And I thought this was like a much cooler way to do it. Actually, when you watch like six or seven teams go simultaneously there, you're never like bored with what you're seeing because there's always a different lift going on. And, uh, you know, there's 20 minutes turned out to be like more than enough time oh, yeah. for everyone. And I think that like, it was the sweet spot where there was like a sense of urgency and there had to be a sense of organization. But at the same time, it was long enough for, for even some of the guys, like I, I was surprised to see a lot of the guys taking that 20 minutes to actually warm up. So a girl would power clean and then a guy would deadlift her weight a couple times to warm up. So it was just like interesting how people were spending their time um, leading up to what their their attempts. So I thought I thought it was really cool. Yeah, we had one log, one slight log jam because Abel had all of the plates. Yeah. On his bar. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. So Abel, we had one team like, hey, I, you know, they were trying to load up, I think, 500 on a, on a bar, and uh, we just didn't have a pit prepared with steel plates and Abel had, or Abel had it. So we like, that was came down to like the last seconds and uh, there's a little countdown, but it ended up being a non-issue and kind of jacked the guy up and he, he got the lift, you know? So, it was, but um, That's good. it's always hard, you know, how many in, in that, in that sequence, we just had all teams in that heat on their heaviest lifts at the end Yeah. where uh, we could have used just four, four or five more plates. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's one of the challenges of planning these things, and especially for the hosts is so if they don't have everything, they rely on the on the network, I guess, and their local network Neighbors. to source. Yeah. And uh, we were just short a couple steel plates. The uh, the cool thing about at a CrossFit CSA uh, Jesse Burdick's gym, they had plenty of weights, oh, yeah. and so we had our we had our grid set up. We had our little kind of go to graveyard for weights in a safe area. And I was just kind of peeking around at these guys in this back room that they have just warming up. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's find some extra hundreds. Let's find some extra 45s and give one of those to each and every group. And luckily that, uh, we had some, we had some heavy ass weights moved. So luckily we kind of increased our graveyard a little bit. Yeah. But, and then at the end of the day, it was all celebration for us. I mean, we had, we had about 10 people stick around and have a couple cocktails, tell some war stories. And then Denny, what, where did we go that night? What was it like the lantern or something? Yeah. The, the infamous lantern. Luke's like a celebrity there. Luke and Neil, they walk in, there's like, people start giving them hugs and high fives and they start pulling out like lost tabs. Like, oh, Luke, yeah, hey, you, you owe us some money. And, they, you know, they start pulling out. They're all dated. It's like, man, I kind of felt like uh, we own the place. It's like Dalton and Roadhouse. Yeah. Like they start whispering. <laughs> I thought he'd be bigger. I didn't know you'd be bragging about that. <laughs> but, uh, Denny, so a quick totally off the subject story. I guess um, 
so Denny had to take off a little early, and I ended up staying with some friends and uh, and Carl. And, and is that and what we you call a jail? And there? we were <laughs> we stayed till pretty late, till like one o'clock, and right before they start shutting everything down and calling last call and everything. And I guess right after we left, some riffraff came in looking for trouble, and they started hassling my bartenders. And the guy, I guess, ordered a beer from the bartender, uh, and and the bartender handed the guy the credit card and really took big, quickly took a big gulp out of his beer, and was all drunk and stumbling around. And the bartender's like, "Hey, what do you want me to do? You want me to keep this open, or you want to get something else? Because it was a minimum on the credit card." Mm-hmm. And I guess the guy said, "Legally." I don't have to buy this beer because you asked me that after I took a drink out of it. He's like, legally, you're going to buy that beer because this is our bar. So I'm going to legally kick your and ass. And I'm, I'm going to swipe this card and charge you. Yeah. He's like, now legally, you owe me a water. And he tried to pour the beer out on the bar. What a and, uh, and like, I guess all the bartenders and bouncers kind of like wrangled him up and kindly escorted him out the front door. Uh-huh. But uh, it's you good. Didn't, you weren't around to see that, though. Well, because you know, I got the Terminator and the Eliminator here that might have uh, played some assistance in defending. If my you mom. can't see Luke, he's holding up his right fist and his left fist. Terminator Eliminator. Anyway. So yeah, we missed out on that nonsense. Could you imagine being in the middle of a brawl at the Lantern Denny and how great this podcast could have been? But it's not like I know, dude. I was, I was kind of looking forward to to something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, just Kyle Turley and shit. Yeah, strength you know. I'm joining the Marines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good luck with that. Like I was saying, it's it's not in the 1950s. You guys would have gone to jail. Uh, what? Yeah. I don't no, it, just sounded, I, it just sounded like uh, the typical college young punk coming in, thinking they know it all, running their yeah. mouth. And You're sometimes you got to just get punched right in the face. You're telling me that the, the cops would have showed up and been like, hey. Hey, hey, stop. Go home. You don't think that would have happened? Get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Back of paddy wagon with Denny. So any, <laughs> anyways, so now the, the, the first place teams are going to be coming to California. They all, oh, yeah. uh, I got in touch with all of them and they're, you know, everyone seems to be making plans to get out here and taking advantage of the $1,500 travel voucher. Um, and so they'll come out and we'll throw down it's in SoCal at Cross Balboa. So if anyone is local and wants to come in as a ringer and take these teams on, I highly encourage it. That's going to be October 11th at Cross Balboa. And I know we've got some of our own teams competing and I swear it just, it's good, but it's, it's not good because it makes me so sad that I can't compete. I would mm-hmm. love, love, love to do this. Well, I'm can I compete? No. What? No. That's not in the contract. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's going to be a good final event. I know these teams are excited, and we'll see we'll see how they when do it. When are we going to learn about the workouts? Uh, <laughs> the workouts are in the works. They're definitely going to be doing the CrossFit football total again in the same exact style. So. Okay. But we're going to be releasing them the end of this week and the start of next week. So... I'm going to have them out there a little bit more in advance because it seems like, uh, you know, as with most CrossFit competitions, people like to know what they're going to do beforehand Mm -hmm. and it helps them sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just, if they're on the fence and big giant pussies, then they at least know what they're going to do. So they feel a sense of preparedness. Are we still doing the one arm or uh, two arm straight barbell curl one arm? (laughs) Straight barbell. Yeah. Against the wall. Against the wall. Yep. Yeah. Where'd you get that watch? 
Oh. John's. I want to oh. see if he notices. <laughs> so John loses his watch on a regular basis here. That so. and sunglasses. Yeah. So. It's just usually me and Callie wearing it. He's <laughs> like, man, you guys see my sunglasses? I'm like, no, you need another time. <laughs> but uh, what else? What else is on the docket today, boys and girls? Let's go with. Uh, well, Tex just released this Plyo article, and and before we jo- hopped on the air, we were just kind of going over, um, or at least. I was going over the differences between the vertical jumps that I saw out at the games and the jumps that I saw at the Power Athlete Team Series. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed that. I mean, we were all together out at the games. And, and I know that's a different crowd, people just coming up who have never jumped before. And you, you, you typically saw the same um, poor mechanics. But uh, at the Power Athlete Team Series that I was at, um, you could. It, I felt like people had practiced a little bit more. I didn't see so much of like the valgus knees or or kind of jumping and hitting the keys and stuff like that. But I did notice um, like the lower uh, the dip in the knees and then pausing for a few seconds and then jumping. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Uh, and Tex kind of goes over that in, the, in, the, in his article that he released. Um, I don't know, like Callie, if if you noticed any difference in the jumpers out there and if Tex had as well at, uh, at NorCal, did you guys, what'd you notice? Did anyone fall over on their landing? Uh, one guy fell over on his landing. I no falls. There was one chick, uh, just like not, not to get too far off topic, but there was one chick who was doing a reverse ball toss who fell over backwards and, I'm trying so hard not to laugh right now, but it was it was unfortunate. But Chad got like several pictures of it. I think he only posted, <laughs> <laughs> I think he only posted like the like the less offensive ones. But it <laughs> then the poor girl. I mean, she was really getting after it. But you know what that looks like when your arms are over your head and you basically fall over. Backflop. Yeah, you can't oh. you can't really support yourself there. Reverse ball slam backflop. Oh, reverse ball slam backflop. <laughs> Anywho, uh, what was the question? <laughs> the the valgus needs. I mean, obviously, the people who had better jumping form were jumping higher. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it's pretty amazing too. I would make like little judgments uh, based on body type of who I thought was going to judge higher um, or jump higher, and uh, you know, I wasn't always right, which is uh, unusual for me. So that was new. We had uh, our, our, our group was pretty good. So we had a uh, just look at my stats here. We had two guys that hit 38 and then 37 and another 36. And we have one guy that uh, I mean, I was I was watching him jump and talking to him as measuring. He couldn't he was behind all these guys and he couldn't figure it out. So he was grazing 32 at his best and he was sitting there stunned. He's like he was, his back squat was up there with the best of them but he was just at a disconnect. And uh, I thought that was just crazy interesting of, uh, I mean, and then I talked with one of the athletes who jumped the guy pictured in the article. So he was a ex NFL guy and all, all the other guys have actually trained in kind of Olympic lifting and one rep max competitions. And this other guy's background was, it was just kind of fitness training and playing high school sports. And he just didn't have that, capability of executing one moment, one time, one instant. And he just couldn't figure it out while he was standing there, like with his jaw dropped to the ground and he was trying his best, but 
it was nowhere near these guys. <laughs> That's a bummer, man. Yeah. yeah, we had we had Big Abel who, uh, I mean that. How much do you think Aaron weighs, Denny? Uh, if you had to guess, like uh, from what I remember, maybe he's like over three fifteen. Yeah, he's over three, but he was he was up there shooting, trying to hit that thirty. I think he came in with twenty eight. I'm trying to look at my scorecards here, remember which one is his. But that's a big boy. But our high our high was thirty four inches. Well, I'm sorry. What did Abel get? I think thirty. No, Twenty nine and a half or thirty. Yep. That's pretty good for his mm-hmm. size. Because that's supposed to mean. I hope he's not listening. I mean, he's a big boy. He had a six-pack. Did he really? Yeah, it was like Coors Light. <laughs> You're talking about A-Bow. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you know, uh, like his background was lacrosse and hockey. Oh, that's yeah? What he played, yeah, that's what he played at in college. He, he said uh, he, he was a goalie, which makes sense. But... Uh, yeah, I was surprised for that. I figured for sure, like, you know, football and then some, you know, or some other type of field sport. But when he pulled out hockey, I was like, damn, I didn't picture that one. Yeah, that's cool. Because, awesome. you know, hockey players don't aren't good at anything. You got something against hockey players? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing Steve says. Of course. But I'm also basing, like I said, in like maybe episode six, I'm basing us off of my deadbeat friends who played hockey and are terrible. Yeah, no, I'm else. pretty much good at nothing, so that's pretty <laughs> accurate. You got two data points now. Basing <laughs> off of Mighty Ducks one. Mighty Ducks. Knuckle puck. <laughs> <laughs> Flying V. What? Oh fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's so Bobby has his debrief here on some stuff. Uh, the top list there, they had. A uh, couple, almost 640, 645 deadlifts, and then uh, they had a 525 squatter that jumped 35 and a half on their vert. That was team. That's great. Alpha Viper Strike Team Victor Squat Squadron. <laughs> they have the most annoying <laughs> fucking name ever. But I didn't make them rename it because I just thought I, you know, if I could get away with it, I would. So what was it? Alpha Viper Strike. Alpha Viper Strike Team Victor Squat Squadron Ultimate. <laughs> Did you guys have a best team name competition? That's no, hilarious. But it's up there. We That's had two. One. We had two teams in OKC. One was Buck You, and one was Buck Me. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, that be him. So that's that was the team series, <laughs> right? Yep, what yep. about travel? Did you guys have any issues traveling home? No issues. Just tons of uh, OU fans on my flight. Everyone asking me if I was going to the OU game. Yeah. And I said, no. Who's winning the match? <laughs> State. Uh, Tex, what about you? Uh, negative, but I'll tell you what. Uh, every time we do like an East Coast seminar, Luke or Callie, they fly out East. And I, this was my first time going from East to West and just one weekend in and out. And I'll tell you what, that like eight hour trip it, with like, doing that twice, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, this know. was my first time being in their shoes in that respect. And I'll tell you, I, I, I gain a lot of respect for both of you. Thank you. It's the worst thing in the world, especially if you don't have anything movies to watch or any Wi-Fi. Yeah. That's just torture. I mean, might as well throw me in jail. If Luke doesn't bring his splitter, his headphone splitter. And I just get to I watch. I just cry the whole time. And she just gets to watch me watch all my favorite movies. Watch you buy yeah. your own, Callie. I don't know because I don't make enough money. No, Kelly. Kelly <laughs> doesn't understand technology and plugs and wires, cell phones. I'm I just asked at... Luke to act it out later. <laughs> Which I have so lied. The, uh, 
Yeah, I was only there for a few days, kind of, and I, I decided to take full advantage. I'd never been to uh, San Fran, so I just did a quick uh, jump up there. It was like an hour away and saw the Golden Gate Bridge for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, drove, drove on it, but you had to pay a toll, and uh, yeah. it's not like a cash toll. So they probably – I'm going to receive some freaking driving ticket from California in two weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> a little photo of me so they know it's me, like, all puzzled and lost. But, Just like um, the one you got from the UK? Uh, or how about the one I got in – SoCal, not wearing my seatbelt in the back seat, my oh, first time in California. That's some bullshit. <laughs> but, the, um, but Sunday morning, Freddie hosted an event for neuroblastoma. And since I was down the block from I decided to go in, participate, uh, rep some Wade's Army. And uh, that was cool to kind of hang out and see the support that he had in there. I think he raised over four grand wow. uh, for one of his SWAT cop buddies who's going through the fight right now. Wow, that's great. <clears throat> the the Golden Gate Bridge I've run over once and it was terrifying. It's, were you not scared to drive over it? Uh, I was I was thinking about the toll and like how fucked I was, but it was uh, beautiful. Anything that's on Modern Marvels, you you need not worry about. Huh? It's a TV show. Uh, Modern Marvels. Yeah. No. I'm pretty sure that might have been on there. Yeah. So you got that going for you. No, it's not that modern. It's it's rickety. <laughs> uh, it's like a wooden roller coaster. So Tech, speaking of Wade's Army, let's let's get going on that. What do we got? So we uh, we've announced our shirts, which are pretty freaking awesome. So we have a a little little guy screaming whammy for the men's, and then we actually decided to mix it up for the ladies. We have a little lady wizard on there uh, for the tank top. But shirts shirts are freaking unreal, and what we need to get going is letting people know about them. So um, there is a deadline, so you can only get your shirt if you order by October 14th uh, in order to get it for Wade's Day, which is November 12th, uh, which is going to be a Wednesday this year. Uh, so we, we've kicked off. We've recruited a bunch of gyms to be a part of this. I think we're sitting around 15 grand uh, as we speak, which is, which is great, but we doubled our goal. So last year our goal was 30K. This year we just said, hell, hell with it. Let's, uh, let's go all in. So we got a goal of 60K. And I mean, we're recruiting gyms, we're recruiting kind of people to champion this thing. And that's what we need more of. So I know, uh, Denny, Denny, Steve, Luke, Callie, you all got your pages going. Uh, but it's not as easy as, you know, donating 30 bucks or starting a page, try to get other people involved as well. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm on. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I'll go. Um, I, uh, our gym, I think Kristen is going to lead a, a little fundraising thing through the gym. And then, uh, I think I'm going to get the surge to try and, um, uh, do it as well. So hopefully we can get some money through those two avenues. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, that this year I wanted to kind of step it up. So we're, I just finished writing up all the workouts. We're going to host a, um, like a throwdown. Uh, I think it's going to be November 1st. And uh, <clears throat> I'm looking like my goal is to um, at least get, you know, I up mine to like five grand. You know, it's great to hear that Freddie was able to like get like 4,000. So uh, that gets me fired up. And uh, like we're going to host a throwdown and all the proceeds are going to go to uh, Wade's Army. So hopefully – this year, you know, that and then uh, doing the workout. And I've already got some people 
who have uh, purchased some shirts um, on my on my page. So it's I'm looking to step it up this year, you know. Yeah, we're. Uh, I mean, we're also making strides just outside of this whole fundraising thing. I know the uh, there's a Cure Fest this weekend in Washington D.C. And it's where a bunch of kind of cancer 501c3s and organizations come together to fight pediatric cancer. And so the De Bruin family's coming down. I'm already here. Uh, so we're going to participate in all the events on Saturday and then uh, do the walk on Sunday, uh, rocking the Wade's Army Tees, handing out information and, and meeting a lot of people that are uh, kind of in this organization thing so we can start kind of making uh, and legitimate legitimate ourselves as a uh, kind of fundraising campaign for pediatric cancer. So it started as just a t-shirt fundraiser by uh, John three years ago, and we're, we're really making strides with it. And um, I mean, it's been an amazing ride so far. Heather has been, Heather's been great and just kind of fighting for her son. And, and what's cool is uh, Scott, uh, Scott DeBruin and Wade's pop, he is training for Wade's day this year. So nice. he's, uh, he's taking care of some exercise logs uh, and he's, we're going to be posting kind of his experience, his journey over the next couple months leading up to that event. So, I mean, it is, is not just a workout and um, we want people to kind of see and feel that as well. So we're going to make this as, as big as we can and as far as we can reach people. Tex, for, for anyone that might be that this might be their first exposure to Wade's Army, go through go through a little history for us and and kind of a just a little timeline on where we've started and where we came from, just in a little bit more detail. Uh, awesome. So this um, so Kate Kate Wellborn, she was pregnant with twins and she grew up with Heather Heather De Bruin and Heather had a twin, a daughter and a son. And while Kate was pregnant, John and Kate. They uh, weighed the young boy. He was diagnosed with neuroblastoma and passed away and left his little, his twin sister behind. So that was where the connection was made uh, kind of with the Wellborns and the De Bruins. And John decided he, he needed to do something about it. So he started a t-shirt campaign and it was just kind of to raise money for uh, Wade's Wings, which was started by the De Bruins. And they were able to raise over 15K that first year just from t-shirt sales. And so uh, after that point, um, it was just T-shirts. And then the next year we got involved and we decided to make this thing more than it was. And we were able to raise 50K last year. And that's where we decided, you know what, we, we have all this power. We have this reach. Uh, let's make something of it. So we combined with the De Bruin family to make this an official 501c3 and uh, combine it with Wade's Wings. And it's, it's, it's all about banding together. So I, I've been doing a lot of research on neuroblastoma and there's a lot of little fundraisers going on, little families who start something in honor of their kid. But at the bottom line is this thing is so small. What we need to do is just uh, expand our reach and kind of engulf and, and uh, take this neuroblastoma thing head on as a team versus a small individual thing. So uh, we're trying to grow in that respect. What started is, as us kind of that small thing. We, we're, we're making strides and we're making connections to kind of make that a reality. Uh, many of you may be familiar with uh, the Bengals uh, defensive tackle. So he was in training camp when his daughter was diagnosed with neuroblastoma and eventually he, he was cut, but then they signed him to a bra uh, the practice squad. And now he's just been kind of called up to the team. So he's going through that fight. Uh, 
defensive tackle still on the Bengals. So that's great in, in respect to awareness for neuroblastoma. But uh, we want to do more. So we started with awareness, and now we're actually funding phase one clinical trials. And it, it's, it's come a long way in three years from just a, a T-shirt campaign. So that's where we stand right now. And we uh, let's keep the ball rolling. It's beautiful. More info at wadesarmy.org. For anybody yep. who's new to it, that's where you can find all the info about claiming your shirt and where to donate and all that stuff. So yeah. Uh, Denny, where are we at on our timeline, amigo? Uh, we're probably at forty minutes. Alrighty. So, what about uh, some upcoming seminars that you guys have going on? And Steve's Spotify. I seen Steve sent the list out. So. Um, I asked Steve to put together like four or seven songs that he likes to train to because he's a professional athlete now. And uh, I didn't get a chance to look over every single song. But Steve, uh, what what were some of the songs you put out there, dude? Um, I don't know. Danzig song, um, Chevelle. I think I put a Jamie Johnson song out there. Um, just kind of stuff that pops up in my Spotify from time to time. I think I put Molly Crew. I listen. To, I listen to a real eclectic mix. Everything from like hair music to country to like Pink or Lady Gaga. I mean, and then like metal in between. So I just sent you uh, a few examples of that. Gotta love Pink for that girl power. <laughs> girl power. You lift that bar up. Don't act like you don't like Pink, Luke. Dude, I thought like, you said I, Hank, like Hank Williams Jr., dude. I, I just lost all respect from you. I gained listen, so much, and I just lost it when Luke said Pink. I'm telling you right now, you could ask any of my buddies. Back, it was, there was right when Genie in a Bottle came out, Christina Aguilera, Pink had whatever song she had. And I'm like, I guarantee Pink is going to be a bigger sensation than Aguilera. And I was outnumbered. I was the only guy. And right so now, Pink is the largest girl in Aguilera become a fat turd. Oh my God. How, are you really like tooting your own horn on how yes. prophetic you are in determining child female female pop singers? Mm -hmm. And I'm is guessing that, you're a Britney girl. That's what it's a bragging point for you. You know, honestly, Luke, I don't even put two thoughts into it. What are you exactly. John is in the Wellborn just crammed into the door. He's like, <laughs> wait, 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 exactly. So I'm saying, I'm saying over 15 years ago, I, I predicted that Pink would be a bigger sensation than Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. This is retarded. This is dumb. This is I, dumb. I just got dumber from listening to you. Yeah. Why? How? Is Pink a bigger star? She oh, yeah. is now. Okay, so here's the thing about Pink. All right, I saw her. Yeah, she's from Philly. <laughs> is she? Yeah. Keep doing the Anywho, well. So you saw her. Well, so, so did I. What so, else? so. You saw Pink at concert. So listen, concert. Lissa had tickets, so uh, free tickets for her work. So we saw her from like you know the box seats or whatever. And let me tell you, uh, the. People that attend a pink concert are some <laughs> of the most desperate looking. Uh, no offense. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you attend to people that comment on YouTube videos? Potentially. Potentially. Oh, oh, level life form. Yeah. YouTube video commenters. Yeah, these people, they were hey, interesting. Watch. But, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's called good timing. <laughs> pun, pun intended. That's what's called good timing. <laughs> Take some notes. Pull out. Get out of your paper. Anyway. Go back to work. Uh, are we are we done here? No, we're just getting started. Anyway. <laughs>
Yeah, you know, sorry, Steve's playlist. Anyway, there's so I, I respect Pink. She she her more recent work has been uh it, it'll get you going, you know? Get your chili hot. Your, your chili hot. <laughs> this reminds me of a scene from Zoolander. Yeah. Sting. Another Sting. one of my icons. I don't listen I don't, to his music, but I but he's I out there making that. He's making it. And I respect that. And I respect that. <laughs> um now what do you guys want to talk about? Who's going to Germany next week? I'm going with the Germans. I'm going with John. So we leave Thursday morning, uh, fly out, and then uh, we're we're back Tuesday morning. Which so, is total bullshit because my last name is Hinzmann, and yeah. you would think that I I am the closest to the Germans, so I should somehow make a trip there. No. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, gym is it going to be at? It's at uh, Reebok CrossFit uh, Nuremberg. Nuremberg. Yeah, so guys, you've been there before. Yeah, they're a go-to spot. And, you know, internationally, it's it's hard to, to know which spots to go to. But Drake came to our seminar. Uh, he's, uh, he's – him and his coaches over there are great coaches, and they always take good care of the staff and are very, uh, very accommodating, and especially when you're in foreign waters and – uh, you may not know whether to go left or right. They they do lead you down the right path, but it's it's good, a good time out there. And uh, we're gonna try and find some brew houses to go check out, see if we get any spare time to go sightseeing a little bit. But uh, don't get lost. Drink some warm beer. Yeah, they drink yeah. beer warm out there, dude. For real. Yes. That's gross. Is it? I can think it, of yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm a pussy. <laughs> well. It's not gross. It's just different. I mean, the only time I've actually drank, when I drink warm beer, it's like when I'm three sheets into the wind and maybe I'm talking too much and the beer's gotten warm in my hand and I just keep drinking it or something like that. I usually Denny, don't purposely drink it. Danny, we call that cowboy culture. So how it works in Germany <laughs> is they deliver this freaking gallon of beer and by the time you get halfway through or the bottom, it's it's warm. Yeah, and it's no. not like it's not warm like it's been sitting in the sun. It's cowboy cold. It's yeah, and it's and Germany's not that hot of a place. <laughs> so it's not like yeah, they're not microwaving it. I wouldn't know, you guys. Oh, it's the greatest. Uh, <laughs> if you can find it, if you can find. Well, I'll drink some warm beer here, and it'll be like I'm in Germany. It will be, <laughs> and then uh, we're gonna be back in Illinois for a seminar. Uh, in Naperville, so we have a couple people from the competition that are going to be going to the seminar. That's going to be super cool to see them again. Uh, what else do we got? What else is on the schedule? Uh, then the week after that, we got the war in SoCal, and then uh, what's the seminar after that? And then it's Christmas. Arizona. Arizona. Right? Yeah. Go to Arizona. Then go SoCal. To Carlsbad, California, and then. Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires and then NorCal. So that's this is like our, our West Coast tour. Uh, so we got to get out there, get signed up, and have your mind blown by the CrossFit Football Seminar. Mm-hmm. But what else we got? Any other updates? Yes, no, maybe. Playtech, what do you got? What's your schedule looking like over there? 
Oh, it's crazy. Um, next week, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina for the um, grid quarterfinals and semifinals. Hopefully, we make it to the semifinals. And then if we make it past those two um, uh, rungs of the bracket, we go, I think, out to Irvine, California. I'm not sure the location yet uh, or the venue yet um, for the finals. So, really, it's right in our backyard, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So, if I come out there, um, can I maybe like crash in? Don't you have like a train that drives through your apartment or something? Well, you could just sleep in the gym. Oh, perfect. I hear it's it's uh, very temperate in there. Yeah. 84 right now. 84. Yeah, it's pretty chill. Yeah. It gets, it gets cooler at night. It drops down to like low 80s. <laughs> like 81. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's it. Just been doing that that grid thing and then uh, some activity. Well, how's that been going, man? I mean, we haven't, it seems like we haven't had you on the, to participate in, in ages and ages. Yeah, they keep me pretty busy. There was some uh, monetary issues that were run around Facebook. One of the big investors pulled out like a couple million dollars, which caused a couple of matches to be canceled. Um, and then I, I, what I understand is through the powers of social media, sort of releasing the fact that an investor had pulled and they had to cancel some matches, some people stepped up and, uh, and made it happen. So um, they just recently had a doubleheader out in LA, I think, maybe no, San Francisco. And um, then now the quarterfinals and, and the semifinals are happening next week. So it seems like we're back on. So we're, we're looking to go in and um, try and crush some people in Charlotte. So take me, through, take me through like a, a tournament or a, a match weekend as for you, like if you're traveling, what does that look yeah. like to you? Yeah, sure. So um, the team usually flies you in the morning of the day before a match, um, because that evening you usually have uh, either a team meeting or a league meeting. So um, you'll go and see the venue and that sort of thing. Then the team will have a meeting where um, coach and players will get together and talk about assignments, that sort of thing. And then the day of a match is actually quite booked up. So you, um, you have like walkthrough, practice announcements, and then um, on, on the grid practices with the team and then uh some media stuff and then the match lasts two hours and it is it's run like a fine oiled machine it's it's to the t unless there's some kind of challenge or something like that where you have to replay a, a race um and then afterwards you go eat and drink and then fly home that's basically the uh the deal so um our matches have been in boston which was a, a fun place and then miami which i mean it's miami yeah. So, yummy. So, um, did you go out in Miami? Yeah. At what time? I have no idea. Dude, because when we had a seminar in Miami, it was I think it was me and Ben, and uh, they're like, "Hey, let's go out." And I'm like, "All right, well, what time are you thinking?" It's Saturday after the seminar, and you know, we'll go out and have some cocktails. And uh, they're like, "Well, we're meeting up for a birthday party at 11:30, uh, and then we're gonna go hit the clubs at like 1:15." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, right." And dude, these guys just started going out at 1.30 in the morning and they were there the next day at summer. Yeah, we got we in the Miami match, we got out of the arena around 10 30, 11 o'clock. We had like um like a t-shirt signing and some media stuff and like meet the fans and stuff like that. We we um our home match in Miami, we we had over a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred people in attendance, and the place was rocking because it was uh, against the New York Rhinos, whose team is pretty stacked with um uh, relatively famous CrossFit athletes. And um, it went neck and neck. It was like they won one, we won one. Um, and it came down to the final match and we won by one point. Um, so it was pretty exciting. 
And so we got back to the hotel like 11, 1130. And I'm not sure what time we got in. Um, I'm not sure that I would remember anyway. I had a little bit to drink. So that will happen. It was late. Uh, so you, you mentioned something earlier that reminded me of the conversation I was having with the dude yesterday about the, uh, when somebody's challenged. So like if a team is challenged, uh, the, the teams could potentially have to do the entire workout over again. Well, it's not the entire workout. So there, there are rules. So, um, for most of them, it's like the last two portions of a workout. So if there are four quadrants on the grid and somebody challenges a movement, then the team has to redo in 30 seconds. If the challenge is upheld, you have 30 seconds to prepare, and then you do the last two elements of that same race. Um, if it's the if it's the strength ladder, what happens is you actually redo it. So the strength ladder, every athlete goes through the strength ladder um, as fast as possible for as much as much tonnage as possible, um, and you get two points for an overall win, and then you get an additional bonus point if your if your women lift more than the other team's women. So it's a pretty important race, and um, uh, if that gets challenged for some reason, then what happens is you run the whole thing again in two minutes. And you can run as many athletes as you want through it, but you only have two minutes to get through. So it's, and in 30 seconds, you just have to pick, you know, your strongest athletes and make sure they're fresh. And it's, uh, so it's pretty crazy. So um, when we played New York, it was a fucking, it was ridiculous. They challenged, I think the first four or five races. um, And finally, maybe it was three or four. Anyway, finally, um, once your challenge doesn't get upheld, then you lose that flag. And, I mean, they were, it was like, they were just trying to tire us out. Like we run run because we were beating them. Um, And then we would beat them on the rerun. And so, I mean, but it's tough. The, the, the intensity level on the grid is um, uh, it's really different than say like your typical weekend throwdown competition where you've got um, six events or eight events across two days or something where you, you want to go fast, but you want to pace yourself because you got a long weekend ahead of you. This is imagine having 11 workouts in two hours and your job is to run out there and go balls to the wall, like redline it until you can't go anymore. And then tag somebody else who can redline it, who tags somebody else who redlines it. Right. And, and then each, each match, the longest one is seven minutes. Most of them are about four minutes with just a couple minutes of recovery in between before you're going again. So, um, it's, it's pretty taxing. Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be because at the end of the day, like you count up your reps and you might do like 130 reps, but it's all at sort of, it's relatively high weight intensity, but like the, the physiological intensity is, is super high and you're going, well, yeah. you know, like, it, it allows for it. It allows for that, that short duration, like just crazy intensity. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I was telling John, it's like the power athlete, like hard, heavy, fast. That's, that's kind of what it's about. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's kind of super fun, actually. So, so how has how has the team grown? I know. The, so you've had a few matches now, and I remember that uh, we talked about kind of the team camaraderie and element dynamic. Of it. Is it? Uh, do you, have you, do you find yourself getting a little more closer? Have people found their roles? I guess anecdotally from between your team and other teams that you you're familiar with. Yeah, I don't. I can't speak for other teams except for like what I see on the social media. So I mean, it looks like. Um, looks like the DC team is pretty solid like that way. And the San Fran team, um, some of the other teams, I'm not sure about our team has come together really well. We're all, 
super friendly. We all, you know, go out to dinner together, go out partying afterwards together, um, have like nicknames, that sort of thing. So it seems like we've grown as a family and we're all willing to realize our, our attributes to the team and our weaknesses and, and fill in and just work hard basically. So it's been pretty awesome. It's been pretty awesome. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. It's we've, we've come together pretty well, I think. And um, we were at the beginning of the season. Um, the the league has somebody who writes like a prediction for the season, and we were ranked last. We were ranked eighth out of eight teams, um, and now we're we're ranked second or third because we were undefeated. So nice. um, we've got a really strong team, and our strong dudes, you know, like Marco Coppola, he can uh, clean and jerk over 400 snatch over 315, but then he can also do like 15 muscle ups and climb a rope and jump on a box and, you know, do handstand push ups. In fact, he probably does handstand push ups faster than anyone I've ever seen. So um, we've got this weird dynamic of strength and skill that comes together. Um, it's pretty interesting, like men and women competing together. Sometimes you'll have a man competing against a woman in the same, the same weight, the same movement, which is, I think, hard for people to, who are watching to comprehend. Like a, a woman might be doing toes to bar and a man might be doing toes to bar. And when the woman beats him, it's, it's like, how can that happen? How is this, how are they on the same playing field? How's it been leveled? But that's kind of the cool thing about grid that plus the old guys like me. So it's been yeah, it normalizes it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. If you guys get a chance, check it out. We're, uh, we're playing our first quarterfinal on uh, Tuesday of next week at 5 PM Eastern time on mpgl.com. You can watch the live stream. Uh, we'll be playing, I think the Philadelphia team, um, the Philadelphia founders. So, well, I tell uh, you what, I tell you what, Steve, you guys make it to Irvine and you will have the most obnoxious, cheering crew what? You, you could imagine my cheers are dialed in dude nuts I, and bolts, nuts I and will, bolts. it's not so much that i will cheer for you but i will heckle the shit out of the other team mm, yeah. yeah i didn't see yeah. that coming yeah, yeah. Well, that's motivation to make it there then i mean i hope so we really want to win because we were ranked so low to begin with we were you know underdogs we don't necessarily have any you know super well-known folks on our team but we've got some really solid athletes that that um just leave it all out there on the grid so it's been fun it's been fun cool and i was i was somehow during training camp i was voted the team captain yeah you know made me feel good and like we help uh, me and my co-captain we help sort of like keep the team on track and you know keep the morale high when when the match was canceled and that sort of thing so so it's been an interesting experience for me good so do you then are you in charge of like the pregame speech um, I mean, in charge of, is that like something that somebody assigns you to do? No. Do I do that? As a natural yeah. leader? Yes. Yeah. You know, I try to, I try to do that. Yeah. So, um, there's a couple of people that try to do it. And then I, I, I don't know. I, I make my living out of speaking in front of people. And so yeah. it's a little bit easier for me. And some people, when they do it, feel like they just, you know, they, they, they botch it up. Yeah, you know, Steve, people like us, we're just natural born leaders. <laughs> and so sometimes it just comes more naturally to us than others. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know if I'm a natural leader, but I do try to rally the troops. And, uh, and uh, 
get everyone okay get everyone um, on the same page that is basically um you know win at all costs because i the thing is i hate losing and we all hate losing yeah so that's not that bad you just gotta get used to it <laughs> steve do they uh, do they are they giving you like uh specific training protocols or they just kind of let like do they expect that everybody on the team kind of has their own routine and they're just going to keep it up and show up on game day you know ready to rock and roll yeah um <laughs> no not really we don't have like a uh, a training protocol per se our coach sends out some some test workouts that are approximations of what you might do on the grid um and you know those are good the, the problem is the, i mean like not the i don't it's not a problem the the challenge is that you want to test those at high intensity so to incorporate those into your regular training program um sometimes it's difficult tough. yeah right because the environment's different yeah i mean if you just squatted like the other day we squatted what like five singles at 95 uh 95 and then to add in like a couple of heavy deadlifts with heavy weighted pistols as fast as you can yeah uh, you know it's like it's challenging but so you do it you work it in and i think that's what people are doing basically is staying on staying on their like we've been doing well we've been winning and we've got good solid athletes that can do the movements that they're assigned to so if everyone keeps on that that program and then adds this stuff in just to make sure like i don't climb a rope that often i don't do muscle ups that often but i certainly have done more lately just to make sure if somebody somebody loses their grip strength come the 10th or 11th race and i need to go in and do some muscle i need to be able to go in and do some muscle up so i think that's kind of how most people are thinking about it and um so so there's no like a sign training program i have been following a sort of modified field strong um where i follow the field strong strict to a t and then i just add stuff on top of that in in either my i'm um, like in my my warm-up prep or in my second training session for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, do you see as, as this sport grows, like, um, like the need for a team maybe to bring in a strength and conditioning coach? Oh God. Yes. Fuck um, yeah, right? I think, I mean, like if it grows into something big, you're going to have to have, you can't just have a head coach. You're going to have to have a series of coaches that, that, because this this sport kind of you can be a good generalist and get away with a lot but there are some realms in which specialists are just going to be you know like gymnasts if some of the workouts are it's like uh 45 bar muscle ups 30 ring muscle ups and then like 15 of those backward roll to supports well look at like 235 pounds there's only a couple guys in the league that can do that you know what i mean so then you need these little ninjas and so you're gonna have to hone those skills and you're gonna have to have specialist coaches and a general training program around this particular um, time domain and energy domain, which is sort of that that super short, but then like, it's almost like intervals. I, I mean, a match is almost like a giant EMOM, right? Where you're like, like 30, 40 seconds of hard work, rest, 30, 40 seconds of hard work, but you're doing it for two hours. Um, so it's pretty taxing. And so that kind of interval work, I think is gonna be something that that somebody's going to need to come in and I've thought a lot about about 
training and coaching this kind of thing. So, yeah, it'd be a little bit different, right? I mean, you wouldn't want like the classic. Uh, I mean, that's the right way to say like the classic strength and conditioning coach. I mean, it, some of the things that we've talked about on previous podcasts were just like some of these coaches out there that just like spit up the same like you know regurgitated garbage that really doesn't seem to be that creative what this looks like a situation there where there could be like almost a newer type of a strength and conditioning coach if that's does that sound right yeah absolutely denny i mean i think anything right like any other sport like what we talk about on the podcast is that you know an assessment of the sport and the needs of the sport are going to demand the training program that's designed to maximize optimal performance on the grid or on the field right so somebody's going to have to do like a look back at all the videos and like who did who did what good and how'd they do it and what was their training like and then design it around that particular sport just as if it was hockey or football or baseball um, you know, you don't do general CrossFit to be good to play in the NFL. Yeah, well, CrossFit gets you in shape. Yeah, but it might not make you the best football player. So I think um, I think there's going to have to be somebody who comes up with kind of a tweak on a strength and conditioning program. But at the base level, something like Field Strong, where you're just getting strong at things like the squat and the press and um, general conditioning, is always going to be a foundation of of any sport training program and then there's going to be that sport specific stuff that is you're going to have to demand something from a different coach or a specialist coach i mean that's kind of my take on it i don't know maybe maybe the other the other guys have more insight on that but that's kind of my take on it yeah it's the same i mean it's the same way we break down and we talk about Everything. it at the seminar reverse engineering and Everything. it's it's not just sport specific it's athlete specific right yeah right uh, right so you you end up coming into this crux of when you have when you're given whether or not you're assigned a set of athletes or you have selected a set of athletes do you attack do you spend the majority of their time attacking their limiting factors or do you improve upon their strengths and which is going to give you what's going to require the least amount of resource and give you the best amount of payout, right? Because yeah. odds are, and uh, Steve knows this is not an offense to him, but he wasn't recruited because of his muscle up skills, right? You know, but he yeah. certainly has to have base level competency in that, and he knows that and, and can understand that smart guy. But um, you know, it's but that's the same way on a football field. You know, you hear John talk about his. Uh, you know, who he was as a player and who some of his coaches tried to get him to play like. And it's just you either utilize the strengths or you attack the weaknesses. And at the end of the day, the objective is to win games and put out yeah. the best numbers on the field or in the rink or on the pitch or in the grid. Luke, and, and you nailed it on the head with this sport. And like some of the teams that haven't been doing so well, what you'll see them doing is putting people in race after race, event after event, um, doing things that they, they, they shouldn't be doing. So having like a 6'3 guy who can snatch 320 doing muscle-ups for reps or climbing the rope when you've got little bodyweight ninjas and then having these little bodyweight ninjas doing hang cleans at 215, cycling, you know, and letting them do 10, 15, 20 reps when obviously they're slowing down. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of what's happening is everyone's pretty good in this league. Like, I, I mean, I say pretty good because I've, I've ended up in there, but there are a lot of really fucking good athletes in this league and um, maximizing their potential and, and noticing things like when speed delays and like you said, athlete in sport or quote unquote position specific types of stuff is what's going to be needed to for this sport to grow. And I think if they do that, 
I've said it before. I think you're going to see people move weight and move their body in ways that you you may not have seen before, and like at speeds that are just sort of incomprehensible. Yeah, and uh, and and that all breaks down to also training age. And I would assume that most of the people involved, at least on your team, Steve, that you can speak to. Uh, you know, it's not like they're second year doing this type of functional fitness or uh, training specific sports stuff. No, nobody's been like, uh, how long have you been doing CrossFit? Oh, six months. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So then, these are like actually, people who have been to regionals like three, four times. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our master's athletes except me have been to the master's games. Um, people have been to the games on teams. I'm actually the only person on my team who has not made it past the open. it's not funny i know i'm laughing with i mean you know so hopefully this coming up year when i when i'm in the 40 40 plus range i i I know you guys know i missed by two days this past year yeah um uh hopefully that'll that'll change this year now i ended up maybe making it somewhere else but sure sure um, you know so we have a lot of top quality athletes have been at this for a long time either in other sports Mm -hmm. or in the crossfit functional fitness weekend warrior type type or weekend throwdown type of realm so yeah and i guess i guess what i'm getting at in terms of your the requirement to specialize your training falls much further down the life cycle of your training uh age right so if you're first if you're three four five years into this like you're probably still going to benefit the most from a general relatively speaking, a general approach to your training, which is hit your big lifts, balance your primals, try to get stronger, move the bar as fast as you can. But then once you enter this competitive realm and that starts to plateau, then you would, an athlete may benefit more from a more directed training style, uh, attacking either limiting factors or again, really trying to compound their proficiency and their strengths. But I guess, you know, I get, what I'm worried about is there's people listening to this and they're like, oh, I got to I got to do this now. I got to do that now. And it's like, you know, just we always talk about that life cycle approach. And just if you're early, if you're young, just keep keep showing up and keep doing more than yesterday. Yeah. And that's going to yeah. get you much further than trying to secret squirrel something. Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, guys, I got to check out because I'm like three minutes out from having to, to lecture here. So right. um, it's good chatting with you guys and uh, we'll catch up next week. All right, see you, Steve. Bye. Bye. All right. But, Danny, do we get everything today? I think, I mean, we're at about an hour, aren't we? Yeah, that's uh, that's going to put us at an hour, man. We hit all the topics. Beautiful. We kicked ass as usual. All right, my man. Well, then, let's call it a day. Let's wrap it up. Let's pack it up. Let's go home and shower. Because <laughs> I've been sweating for right? the past nine hours. Uh all right, Danny. Thanks a lot, buddy. It was great seeing hey, you this weekend, too. Yeah, you too, man. You too. And uh, good talking to you, Callie. We'll talk to you guys next week. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.